when sorrows and sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well. It is well with my soul, my sin. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the fate shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trumps shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Father, thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for your gift. So displayed that you love the world that you gave your only begotten son. 
No greater love hath this than a man would lay down his life for his friends. And this morning as we come before this, these elements, I pray that they won't just be a cracker or a sip of flavorful juice. But they will be ingredients to remind us of who you are and who we are. They will be remembrance tools that will cause us to reflect upon all that you have done for us. I pray they won't be stale to our spirit. I ask, oh God, that they would be igniters in our lives. And may we, oh God, be changed. May by the power of your spirit, would you change us, mold us even more into the image of Jesus Christ. Things that we hold on to, I pray. Things that have kept us from coming close to you. I pray that we would release those things. The grip that the world system may have upon us, I pray that those shackles would be loosened and we would walk free. Oh God, may our hearts and our lives, the very depths of our soul, May, may they come to a greater, a greater love for you. Anticipation of your coming again may very well be the catalyst that would cause us to remember all that you've done for us. May we be reminded May we remember as we do this in remembrance of you. I pray, oh Lord God, too, for individuals who could not be here today. I pray for Dick Lenker as he goes through therapy to strengthen him. I thank you, God, for watching over him and he and Dawn and their lives have been wonderful testimonies of what Jesus Christ can do in a marriage. I pray, God, that you would continue to bless them. As well with Kathy Troutman as she goes through the healing process of her knee replacement surgery. May you, O oh God, remove even more and more as she goes to therapy the pain that getting everything working back together the way it's supposed to be. I pray that you would relieve her of that and give her the peace of mind and the strength of heart to know, God, that you're in control.
our dear sister Brianne, we thank you for her and certainly the, the talents that you've given to her. I pray, God, that you would continue to lead the doctors and direct them as they are continually investigating things that are going on in her life physically. I pray, Lord, that she would be able to be engaged in a pediatric sleep study sooner than what the doctors are thinking that needs to be done. And as a church, oh Lord God, in these areas of life, whether through Dick or Kathy or Brienne, may we as a church body come around them and surround them with prayer. Maybe drop them a card or a quick note. Let them know that we're encouraging them. And we'll be careful to praise you, God. And careful to look to you to do great and mighty things that once physical things uh, turn around in our lives, we can praise you as they will be praising you. We praise you for the progress that has been in Nathan Mosser's life, and the way, God, that you've ministered in that realm. Many of us can even see instances in our own lives, Lord, that we praise you for what you are doing. We're grateful that you are always faithful. You're a wonderful, merciful Savior. For it is in your name that we thank you and praise you. Amen. There are instances in Scripture where I sense that we miss the full impact of what really is going on. We weren't there historically to be able to see these instances. All we can do is read about them in the Scriptures, but we miss what's happening around the whole plan. If, if you go back to the book of Exodus, and there God tells Moses to get ready. Something's about to happen. In order for you to be released from the clutches of Egypt, I must do that which would bring about probably the greatest travesty of all time. I'm going to destroy the firstborn. There will not be a house that won't be affected by it. But in it, though, Moses, let me tell you what you must do. Sacrifice a lamb. And put his blood of the lamb on the top of the door and the side posts and when I pass through, I will notice that, and all in the house will be safe, even the firstborn. And just in case, there may be a family next to you who 
isn't be able, won't be able to provide a lamb, let them come and be in your household. Let, let's have a community. And in that, get ready. Because the next day you will be released. I wonder how that night must have been. The darkness of it, the anticipation of it. Cecil D.B. DeMille did a, a movie called The Ten Commandments, and in one of those scenes, as the people are eating that meal, the Passover meal in their house, you can hear in the background the cryings and the moanings of people who lost some of the firstborn. It was a solemn night. The anticipation of it, I kind of wonder if there might have even been some kind of fear that was going on inside the people's lives. It must have been a dark night. It had to be. Because as the angel of the Lord, we call him the death angel, as the angel of the Lord passed through, I just wonder if the people of Israel, even though being in their house, they could have anticipated and seen something as it moved past. There was another night, too, that the nation of Israel found themselves on a mountaintop. Moses was there. Exodus chapter 24 gives us a clue because in the closing verse, verses 1 down through verse 8, verse 8, as, as Moses is sharing with the nation of Israel and they have the final product of the Ten Commandments that have been written by the hand of God upon the stone, they sacrifice bulls as a worship to God. And Moses takes a censer full of that, and he goes up on the mountain and he be, sprinkles the people. And he says to them, this is the blood of the covenant that God has made with you. And yet there's another night. Hundreds of years later, from those two instances, Jesus Christ is in the upper room. We know it's evening because in the Gospels it tells us that Jesus sends two of his disciples to go to an upper room and prepare it for the Passover meal. The Passover meal was to be done at night in preparation for the setting free of the next day. And Jesus is in the upper room and he says some interesting words. Two instances in this particular meal, Jesus pauses and he breaks tradition that they would have known about. Literally, he halts it two times. Once as he's passing out the bread, and he breaks it. And he says to his disciples, this is my body, which is broken for you.
the next time as the supper is finished and Jesus takes the very last of the fourth cup and he says to his disciples, this cup is my blood for the new covenant. But there's a phrase in both of those situations that the Apostle Paul writes about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 down to verse 26, I want to see if you catch the two phrases. They're identical, by the way. In verse 23, the Apostle Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had take, given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup of after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The communion table, the Lord's Supper, also known by it, is highlighted by the fact that it is a ceremony, if you will, of remembrance. Jesus said that in each one of these elements that we're to remember him. Do this in remembrance of me. There are seven things I want to draw your attention very quickly to that we need to remember about Jesus Christ. The first thing is remember his life as he lived it on this earth. There have been many scholars who have wrestled with and even tried to, if you will, contradict the scriptures by, by even indicating that there was a possibility that Jesus could have sinned. But the scriptures counteract that because in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, it simply says, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might receive the adoption of sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. His life was on display for all to see. Some of the greatest individuals that we would hold in high regard in our society, it's not long before you start doing some digging and you find out that they're not as pure as the white driven snow. But Jesus Christ, all that he did, all that he said, all that he was and is, spotless, perfect, 
There was no shadow, as the text says, of turning with thee. It affected John so much that he wrote in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 when he said, These things we write unto you, that in him is no darkness. No, no darkness at all. Perfect in all who he was. When we come to the table and we remember Jesus Christ, remember his life. He is our great example. In fact, Paul writes in another book that part of our sanctification is that we are being conformed to the very image of him, his life. The second thing of Jesus that we need to remember is this. Remember his teaching. His teachings. They're recorded for us, by the way, in this wonderful book. Someone said, how is it that we need to be, or how is it that we can become spiritually healthy? One individual quoted, just take four pills. They're called the Gospels. A number of times ago, there was a commercial on TV by a company that made spaghetti sauce. And they're kind of wondering, what mom didn't make this? No. Well, are there peppers in it? It's in there. What about the spices that mom, it's in there. It's the commercial of ragu. It's all in there. You want to know about the teachings of Jesus Christ? It's in there. It's all here. Remember his teachings. His teachings were so confounding to those who were in the upper echelon of the religious system at that time that they, all they could do is say, he speaks as one who has great authority. He should. He wrote it. Again, John says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Everything he spoke was truth. Confounding as it was at that time, yes, but liberating. For whoever would come and sit at his feet. The third thing that we need to remember about Jesus Christ is his miracles. When's the last time you recognized the fact that the work at the cross was the greatest miracle of all? How do you take individuals who are destined for destruction and yet now have been set free by the demonstration of the greatest love of all when Jesus Christ died upon the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. And then after the hours that he spent nailed to the cross, he uttered the final words, it is finished. 
But even beyond that, in his miracles, it was a display of who he is. Creation obeyed the master that created it because when he stood in the boat and he said, peace, be still, the waves and the wind ceased. Even death itself could not withhold his word for he stood at the grave of his friend Lazarus and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Death could not hold him. And in the tender moments that Jesus knelt beside the beds of children who everyone believed was no hope, and yet Jesus said, he sleeps. Get up and walk. And in the miracles of Jesus, we see the very power of God. His omnipotence exuded from him. So powerful is it that the Apostle Paul says, that's why I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God, the omnipotence of God. The next thing we need to remember about Jesus is his death. Yes, his death. Psalm 85 and verse 10 said, At the death of Jesus Christ, mercy and grace met, and righteousness and sanctification kissed intimacy. I wonder if we could, in our minds, walk right behind Jesus as he made his way through the motley crowd. All of them jeering, all of them cheering of anticipating what was about to happen. As he made his way past the weeping Marys, even as he was placed between two thieves and the one thief, the repentant thief. But yet, all in all, in the center, there was a grand display that there was only one who could reach the very depths of earth to the very heights of heaven. And Jesus Christ was suspended, suspended between both. And it was there that Jesus Christ gave his all so that we could gain it all. He died that we might live. The access to God himself has been wide opened. The writer of Hebrews describes it wonderfully as he says, we can come to the throne of God and there to find grace and mercy to help in time of need. We don't need anyone to go for us, for Jesus Christ has already been there. But lest we 
stay focused on his death, that's, we must also remember his resurrection. For without the resurrection, there would be no life. And Jesus Christ, in the Gospel of John, is written as he spoke, I am the resurrection and the life. He arose. In fact, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Take all the other religious leaders that you want, and you can still go to their tomb and unearthed you will find their bones, but there is none of Jesus Christ. He's risen. And in that is the fulfillment of all that God demanded for the remission of sin. And Jesus Christ fulfilled it all. The next we remember is he did it because of his great love. His love. Remembering his love. Capsulized for us in that glorious verse that all of us have commanded to our hearts and the depths of our soul for so many years. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It's the kind of love that as the Pharisees brought this woman who they thought was trash and threw her at the feet of Jesus. It was the type of love that Jesus said to her. And where are those who condemn you? They're not here. Well, neither do I. Get up. And don't sin that way anymore. Go. That's great love. It's a love that goes beyond just fuzzy feelings. It goes all the way to the throne of heaven. And the greater love song is yet to be sung as we see Jesus. But last, let us remember who he was and is and is to come. Did you catch that closing verse in verse 26, where as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. There was another instance of a solemn evening that Jesus noticed his disciples were troubled. And he said to them, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place 
for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you will be also. Paul wasn't at that instance, but later on to the church of Thessalonica, the apostle Paul says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. Thus shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. It's not night, but when we come to these elements, these elements of remembrance, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. The question we pose ourselves this morning is this. Are we remembering him in our everyday life? That's the highlight of these elements. As the men gather to come and serve these elements, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Father, this morning. For this again, another opportunity to Remember. Remember all that you are. Remember all that you have done. And remember all what you said you will do. And as we partake of these elements this morning, may we do as Jesus asked us to do. The words of a dying man as he said, do this in remembrance of me. May our hearts be cheered in rapture of the greatness that is in your name. And we'll praise you in the matchless name of Christ our Savior. Amen. Gentlemen, will you come forward please?